0: chapter 3. We won't quite finish the chapter tonight, but we almost will. Paul is giving some final instructions here to the people of Thessalonica. He's asking in the first part there that the people pray for him and pray that the gospel message would spread and be accepted and that they would have God's love and Christ's endurance or Christ's patience. And then he addresses an issue that's going on there in Thessalonica and and how they are to address it. And uh, he gives some pretty stern instruction, which we see on a few occasions for Paul in dealing with issues that are going on in the church. And so we'll look at that tonight. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for these good words. And I pray, God, that you would help us. When we have to deal with stuff, God, there are times that among the body of believers dear lord that well things happen shouldn't happen and god we want to exercise grace but we also dear lord want to deal with things as they need to be dealt with and that's tough that's a fine line to know when to act and how to act and how to do it out of love and with a good heart so help us dear lord as we read paul's words here to be able to know when and how those times should come about in our life i pray that your holy spirit would speak to us tonight And I pray that you hide me behind the cross, take away any pride or fear I have, and help me to do a good job. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother who walks irresponsibly and not according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you must imitate us. We were not irresponsible among you. So there is a problem that Paul is about to address. The problem is is that there are some brothers, that is, there are some who are Christians, who claim claim to be Christians, and by all accounts appear to be Christians, but they are walking irresponsibly, Paul says. And he says, look, we we gave you a good example of, of not being irresponsible, but... You need to imitate us. Now, Paul says something here that's difficult. He says, "Keep away from every brother who walks irresponsibly." Now, this is uh, this is some interesting language. In what way uh, is he telling them to keep away? Is there complete avoidance there? Is he just don't saying? Uh, is he saying just don't get real close to them? Don't act like nothing's going on. I don't I don't know necessarily that Paul may, is saying that we should uh, shun people to the point that we don't even acknowledge them. Now. I know that you see that uh, in the Amish community, for instance. They will completely shun. Some. I mean, when they walk in, they'll turn their back on them. Like, they'll, for, for weeks, for months, this will go on. I don't know if that necessarily is what Paul is talking about there. But at the very least, I think he's saying don't pretend like nothing's going on. Like, like, don't just be buddy-buddy with them in the, in, in the midst of their being irresponsible they need to know that what they're doing is is wrong and so you don't need to pretend like everything is okay no this is a problem that needs to be addressed and so he says there are some who are walking irresponsibly but then he says look you must imitate us because we were not irresponsible so what is he talking about that there are some who are being irresponsible in this way but paul and those who were with him were not irresponsible well we see that in the next verse, in the context of exactly what he's talking about, he said, We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and struggled, working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And so here we begin to see a little bit of context. Obviously, there are some who are being a burden to the rest. And Paul said, When we came, we were responsible, even though, even though, even though, you guys could have provided for us and took care of us, and that would have been right for the people of Thessalonica to do. Paul says, we didn't put you through that burden. We worked, we took care of ourselves, and we provided for ourselves. But the problem was there were some in Thessalonica, and they were not carrying their weight. They were not doing their, their part. Instead, they were being a burden on other people, and that is what Paul is addressing. In particular here, he's talking about food. We didn't eat anybody's food. We worked for our own stuff. We, we paid our own way. We weren't a burden on you. We didn't ask for any of your food. We took care of everything ourselves. Not to say that the people of Thessalonica wouldn't have provided for Paul. I'm sure they would have. But Paul wanted to make sure not to put any burden on the people. And so he says, hey, we were responsible and we took care of ourselves, but there are some and they are not being responsible. And he says in verse 9, it is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did not make it our, we did we did it to make ourselves an example so that you would imitate us. So, of course Paul being in the ministry and those who were with him, it was right for the people of Thessalonica to support him, but Paul said even though we had the right, we didn't use it for our advantage. We still worked hard for your good to not be a burden on you. And that is the is the imitation that Paul says you should follow. To, be, to work hard and provide for yourself and not be a burden to others. In fact, he says in verse 10, In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. Now that is pretty stern language right there. Paul said there are some who are irresponsible, And they are being a burden to those who are trying to work and are trying to do. There are some who are not trying to work and not trying to do. And they still want to eat everybody else's food, even though they aren't contributing anything. They still want to be treated and eat just like everybody else. But Paul says, hey, look, if they're not willing to eat, or excuse me, if they're not willing to work, then they don't need to eat. That's the way that Paul says they're going to learn that they need to carry their weight, that they need to do their part, that they need to be responsible. And so when you have people that don't work, it's pretty easy for them to cause trouble for other people because when you don't work, you've got a lot of free time. And a lot of times people who don't work may not always respect people who do work. And so if you don't work, you probably don't have a lot of money. You probably don't have a lot of means. And so in some way you have to kind of rely on other people. And so uh, we see, you know, if you, if, you, if you watch the news in the last couple of years, you see people riot in the streets. Well, for, for weeks or months sometimes, these people don't have to work. I mean, how are they able to do this? If, you, if you're working, you, you probably are going to get yourself out of a lot of trouble because you're not going to have time, for one, to get in a lot of trouble. If, you, if you're working, you're not going to have to worry about being a burden to anybody else because you're able to provide for yourself. And there were some in Paul's day, and they weren't working. So they probably had a lot of free time, and they were burdening other people who were trying to work. It was making it more difficult on them to, to do their work, worrying with these other folks who weren't wanting to work. And Paul said, we gave you a command when we were with you. So obviously this was something that was going on when Paul and those uh, were with him at some point because they gave them the command that says, if anyone isn't willing to work, they should not eat now it probably won't take long for somebody to start to work if they miss a meal or two Uh, probably those who were not wanting to work not wanting to do well if they stop getting free handouts pretty soon they're going to shape up and they're going to eat because we people are not usually dumb enough to just starve themselves to death and so eventually they would say hey i gotta i gotta i gotta get back to work this isn't good behavior so paul says Hey, this is a hard lesson, but this is a lesson that needs to be carried out. He says in verse 11, For we hear that there are some among you who walk irresponsibly, not working at all, but interfering with the work of others. And that's what we just talked about. Those who don't work were causing trouble in some way, shape, or form to those who do work. Maybe they were getting in their way. Maybe just the extra burden of those working, having to provide for those who didn't. That eventually... Will, will, will cause problems. It'll cause big problems. And so uh, Paul says, hey, look, there are some not wanting to work, but they need to learn that this is not right, that everybody needs to work, everybody needs to do their part uh, to work together and live together peacefully. Uh, verse 12, Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Christ that quietly working they may eat their own food. So what does Paul say? He says, look, those of you who aren't wanting to work to." hey, you just get back to work. Let's all live a quiet and peaceable life. You do your work and eat. I'll do my work and eat, and we can all work together. We don't want to cause any trouble for anybody else. So Paul says, hey, if you're you're doing this, if you're not working, if you are a troublemaker in the community, then get a job. Then start working and start eating and stop causing problems. In verse 13, he says, Brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. And so... Uh, perhaps this task was difficult to be patient with those who weren't wanting to do right. And Paul says, look, don't grow weary in doing good. Perhaps there were some who were working hard, and they, they might have been saying, well, why am I working hard to provide when these people aren't doing anything and they're still getting to eat and they're provided for as well too. Maybe that, was, maybe that was what was difficult. But Paul says it was good to work. It's good to work and provide for yourself and live at peace. So don't get tired of doing what is good. Uh, both working hard and, and, you know, trying to get these other people back on the right track so that they uh, would in turn work hard and contribute something back to the community. Verse 14, And if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Okay, that's pretty strong language right there. Uh, we saw that earlier on in the in the passage there. Paul says, hey, you know, keep your distance from these people who claim to be believers but are living this way. They're brothers. They're, they're, they're believers in Jesus Christ. And then he kind of reiterates this. Okay, they need to do what's right. I've already told you that they need to do what's right. So if you're living that way, do what's right. But if you still won't do what's right, Paul says to the other believers, don't associate with them so that they will be ashamed. Now, again, I don't... No, if necessarily if Paul is implying uh, quite the, the level of extremity that 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 the, that the uh, Amish uh, uh, exercise here in this, but but there should be some some change in attitude, some change in how we associate uh, with those people who who aren't doing right. There needs to be some something that's known, hey, this is not okay. You, you need to kind of be embarrassed about living this way and doing this. This is not, an appropriate way to live. This is not how God intends for us to live. This is not something you should be doing. So you don't need to feel good about this lifestyle, about doing this. Uh, and Paul says, hey, look, don't associate with them. Don't, don't treat them like everything is okay and like they're part of the crowd. No, it's not okay, and they're not, they're not part of the group. Uh, they, they need to be ashamed of the way they're living. That's not a good way to live, and there are possibly times in our life that we need to be ashamed of things we do. That's one thing that there is a great lack of in our world today, is there is a great lack of shame. There are a lot of people, perhaps sometimes ourselves included, uh, that we do a lot of things that we should be ashamed of, but yet people do things that they aren't ashamed of. They celebrate things that they should be ashamed of. Uh, And Paul says, hey, that type of behavior, whatever sinful behavior it is, uh, that we should be ashamed of, we need to be ashamed of. And, and for what purpose? Paul is not just, Paul's not just doing this because he's a meanie. He's not saying don't associate with them uh, because they're sinners. Don't, don't act like that. You know, uh, they don't deserve any grace. That's not what he's saying. There's a goal in mind, and his goal is that they be restored. That's always the goal of, of, of brothers and sisters in Christ. Even Jesus, when he gives instruction on restoring a brother that is in sin, There's a certain pattern that Jesus says to do it, but what's the goal? It's not to run them out of the community, it's to restore them to God. Uh, Paul uses the same kind of language in 1 Corinthians chapter five, dealing with sin in the church. They have to address it, it has to be dealt with. It can't just run rampant. What's the goal? The goal is always the restoration of the one who has failed. And so you acknowledge that there is sin, uh, you give grace, but, You don't sin anymore. You know, Jesus in the story of the woman caught in adultery, they bring her to him, and Jesus said, you who are without sin cast the first stone. Well, that's a popular verse for us to say, especially when somebody's in sin, or especially if it's us. You know, we say, well, who are you to cast the first stone? We're all sinners. Okay, well, that's true. And Jesus exercised grace there, but what's the last thing Jesus said? He said, go and sin no more. Okay, so she received grace. But he didn't, he didn't pretend like she wasn't sinning. He said, you need to stop doing this, okay? They were The people were right by saying, okay, she sinned. Okay, well, that's true. She did sin. And Jesus didn't pretend like she didn't. Uh, but he said, go and sin no more. And that's what we need to remember. Okay, if we're caught in sin, there is grace there, praise the Lord. But we need to go and sin no more, not continue to live that sinful lifestyle. And that's what Paul says here. Look, there needs to be some shame, some guilt there. So that we don't continue to live in sin but that we repent of that sin and that we are restored and he says in verse 15 he said yet don't treat him as an enemy but warn him as a brother okay so these are not these are not just people who have never heard the gospel they don't know the love of jesus christ they don't know grace these are people who are brothers and sisters in christ they are just living in sin so paul says don't treat them like an enemy just don't be outright mean to them the, the goal is not to treat them like an enemy and say, hey, you're not part of us anymore because you're sinning. Well, we're all, we, we all sin from time to time, and sometimes that has to be dealt with, but Paul says, warn him as a brother. That's what this is about, warning. Hey, do not continue in this lifestyle of sin, and that is true for anybody who is a brother or sister in Christ. If there is a, a path or a pattern or a lifestyle of sin that's in our life, whether it's not working or whatever it may be, well, we don't want to continue down that pattern of sin, and we should not want to see brothers and sisters in Christ continue down that pattern of sin. And that's where it's a fine line to walk because, of course, we, we want to offer grace because Jesus offers grace. But at what point do you step up and say, okay, there has this has to be dealt with in some way, and that's where it's really difficult. And we kind of, I think sometimes as Christians or as churches, we kind of err on both sides we either say okay we're gonna give grace 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 and therefore sin is never acknowledged it's never acknowledged that, hey this is wrong this is not acceptable you can't keep living this way or sometimes people are just quick to okay well we got to deal with the issue and here's the here's the punishment 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 and shun 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 and there's no grace but there has to be both there has to be some grace there has to be sometimes some justice, some punishment uh, that is dealt with and the way that it is carried out, and that requires a lot of prayer and a lot of guidance by the Lord because we don't want to give all grace and, and no acknowledgment of sin, uh, but we also don't want to just completely acknowledge a sin without offering some grace and restoration. It's always about restoration. When Paul talks about such things, when Jesus talks about such things, sin is acknowledged. It is dealt with sometimes in private, if not in private, uh, even before the whole church. Jesus said. Now those were pretty strong instructions, and 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 they should not be what we, as a church, we should never be eager to let's say let's bring everything before the church and let's throw everybody under the bus. Well, if that's our heart, and that's not a heart of restoration, that's a that's a that's a heart of an iron fist, and so we kind of got to check ourselves. But Paul gives some hard instruction here, but yet. It's part of Scripture and it's instruction that we, must, that we must take into account along with grace that, hey, sometimes things arise in, Christ, uh, in Christian communities and churches and bodies of believers, and sometimes those things have to be dealt with. But always in a way to, let's be restored so that we can be about God's work. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for these words. And these are tough words, but we want to be those who God always seek to restore god we are sometimes those who sin and need to be restored even as your children and god sometimes there are other brothers and sisters in christ who sin amongst us god and they need to be restored so god when those times come help repentance to be the first step and god i pray that you just help help restoration to follow among the body of believers that we help build brothers and sisters back up and God, in the times that we need it, that we should be built back up in such a way. So help us to uh, be careful with passages like these and, and do our best to understand and be led by you and how we carry such things out. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.